Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, this is Ariel. Today, we're bringing you part two of a three-part series we originally aired in 2020 called Armed. It's about the movement to arm teachers and other school staff across America. This episode starts with Vice News Reports' Jen Kinney at a training for teachers. And heads up, this episode contains the sound of gunshots and a graphic description of gun violence. Put yourself in this position. Gunshots in your building. You grab your pistol, you're running down the hall. I'm on a firing range in northeast Ohio, watching a police officer named Andrew Bluebaugh kneel on the ground holding a gun. All of a sudden, you see light displacement on the floor. Somebody's around the corner. You bring the gun up. Oh, it's just another student. You give him directions, get out of here, get your finger off the trigger. He's aiming into the dirt with a small crowd around him listening. You go upstairs, you're down the other hallway. There's somebody there with a gun. You draw out, you find the sights. You realize it's another teacher, armed teacher, finger off the trigger. Somebody comes around the corner. They got something in their hand. You bring the sights up to your line of sight. You give them verbal commands. You see it's a knife. He brings it up. You fire a shot. For people who believe that arming teachers keeps kids safe, Teaching these teachers to handle a gun is really a matter of life and death. Fire another shot. He's not going down. Fire another shot. He's not going down. Where'd he go? He fell to the ground. You follow him to the, to the ground. He's still moving. He's reaching for the knife again. You align the sights onto the head. You fire off another shot. Bam! He is dead. This is Vice News Reports. I'm your host, Ariel Demros. Last time on our series, Armed. It was not only are you going to arm teachers, but this is how you're going to do it? With this group of yahoos? Are the teachers allowed to shoot first or only after they hear the shots? Every teacher in that building would need a gun. And how do you train that person? They're not really a teacher anymore. Now they're a police officer. This is a second part of a series we're calling Armed. It's about arming teachers and who decides what it means to feel safe in school. Our reporter, Jen Kinney, is back, and this time she's in a training with school staff. This is where a teacher goes from just thinking about carrying a gun to actually doing it. So Jen's going to take the show from here. This is episode two, The Good Guys. firing range I'm on is just a large, dusty clearing used by the local police department. It's hot, smells like manure and gunpowder. There's a large shed for a classroom, and outside, a line of targets with paper bullseyes tacked on them. I'm waiting in line for the porta potty when I meet Angie. Yeah, that's fine. Just anonymity is key. Yes. Yeah. And we can talk about that sure, a little. Sure, sure. Angie tells me where she teaches, but she asks me not to say her last name or the name of her school. 
Just like at the school in our last episode, exactly who is armed in Angie's school is supposed to be a secret. It's pretty, pretty covert. Angie teaches fifth grade science and English here in Ohio. There's primary colors. There's posters. There's pictures. There's charts. Her big thing is decorating her classroom. There's not an empty spot on the wall. Angie's already thinking about her safety all the time. She keeps a baseball bat and a box cutter and a screwdriver and a hammer right next to her bed, just in case. Now she wants to protect others. And our district um, has armed staff to protect our students, and I was asked to join the program, so I, I agreed. I volunteered. So. There's around 40 to 50 total staff in Angie's school. And 15 of them are already armed. I know when, when it was talked about, there was a lot of controversy. Oh, gun school, you know, it could go off. There could be accidents. I was instantly like, yes, I was all for it. So, The armed teachers' identities are supposed to be confidential. But Angie says that after school, the armed staff go to firing ranges together to train. Sort of like a club. And if people ask where you're going, you have to just think of something quick. <laughs> oh, you have a meeting? Where? Um off campus. You know, you just have to get out of there. So, but it's for everybody's own good. It seems to me like in her head, Angie's already on the security team. After this three-day training, she hopes she's going to get to join it for real. But this is all really new to Angie. She held a gun for the first time a month ago in May. May the 4th. Actually, was the first time I ever touched a gun. And this is June the 12th. Have you decided where you're going to carry? Yep. I'm going to do it right, right in the front on her hip, concealed under her clothing. I'm just going to have it right here in the, in the front and be ready. And she's gotten advice from other teachers about how to keep her kids from finding out she has it. Tell me, like, how to have kids hug you so they don't get your gun. You know, because, like, we're huggers, you know. It's like, well, they, you have to get them from this side, not this side. You know, it's just a lot of, you have to just kind of retrain yourself a lot of things that you do. And That's why she's at this class, to be retrained. Quiet down in here. Everybody start getting your heads on. We are going to have fun doing this, but we are very serious about it. Chris Arino, the lead instructor, police officer for 28 years. You guys are like many army rangers. I mean, you guys have big hearts. Chris is wearing camo fatigues and a t-shirt that outlines his pecs. He's at the front of the classroom, in front of a whiteboard with a sticker that says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Chris actually used to be stationed in a school. Now he trains other officers and school staff. Chris Serino, a firearms instructor, was one of the best shooters for the blue team. He's also competed on the TV show Top Shot on the History Channel. I know that if we fail, it'll be because I missed that nail. At times, unsure of his own skills, he consistently came through when it counted. He's like a living, breathing G.I. Joe doll. I almost always carry a gun. There's times when I walk out to the mailbox and I'll put a gun in my pants. If Chris is just going to go walk the dog around the block... And I already have my PJs on. He has a special gun clip for his pajamas, too. If I don't have a gun, I at least have a knife. And I always have the will to survive with me. Because after all, what's the gift of fear? We act on things that just there's a tingle, just a tingle. There's 21 people in this week's class, with 21 unloaded guns on their desks. They're about to spend three days learning to handle firearms, and then they'll practice school shooting scenarios in an actual high school. 
I'm sitting in the back. Angie is sitting with a polka dot lunch bag with bottles of sunscreen and bug spray poking out. The box of ammo she brought is on her desk next to a can of Diet Coke. Most of the people taking this class are not teachers. They are admins, principals, assistant principals. Some are school police. The majority work in schools that have not armed their teachers yet. They're thinking about it. Everyone is white, and most work in nearly all white school districts. Angie? Angie is one of the only classroom teachers here. I teach fifth grade. I'm, I'm new. I don't even own a gun. I've used a black 43. I've used Mrs. Smith and Lesson today, so I'm um, just going to try and see what fits and works best for me. Very good. Thanks for coming, Angie. Of course, I can be abrasive, and I, and I say things that may only be funny to me. But the job you've kind of volunteered for is not clean and neat, and it's not PC. Because we're talking about potentially shooting young people. It might not be young person, it might be a parent that comes in. But we're talking about shooting not only young people, not only uh, women or elderly people, we're talking about killing another human being, which is not normal for us. It's not built into our DNA. It's not something that's natural. If you're not just a little bit sick and twisted, this is probably not the job for you. We have to be violent. We have to be prepared to commit violence. Um, Most of you guys, uh, some people have heard it, uh, is be polite, be professional but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. This time, Chris is teaching with another trainer, Andrew Bluebaugh. There's no magic about this, right? Andrew is a little shorter, a little thinner, a little less intimidating than Chris. He's former Marine Corps, now a police officer. A lot of it's just common sense. And a lot of it is put yourself in the bad guy's shoes. Together, they run the class through a PowerPoint, a history of mass shootings. And think about you, armed with the appropriate gear, a firearm, sufficient amount of ammunition, and some training. Think about how you could have changed the situation. Chris has been hired to teach this class by FASTER and its parent organization, Buckeye Firearms Association. Buckeye is an Ohio nonprofit that lobbies against gun control and promotes pro-gun candidates. The Buckeye Firearms Association here in Ohio is raising funds to buy George Zimmerman a new gun. Yeah, Buckeye raised money to buy George Zimmerman a new gun after he was acquitted of killing Trayvon Martin. The organization insists the issue isn't about whether or not you agree with the verdict. It's about Second Amendment rights. This teacher training, though, this is what really sets Buckeye apart from other gun rights groups. In the summer, when school is out, they hold this class almost every week. There's no state requirement for how schools need to train their teachers in Ohio, but FASTER is a popular option. And FASTER claims that at the end of this class, their graduates will be better trained than police. On the last day, there's a shooting test. FASTER students have to hit the target 93% of the time. Ohio's police academy only requires 84%. Chris reminds his students that the police can't be everywhere, so they need to be ready, too. 
We don't need permission to use deadly force in defense of ourselves or others. We have to fight back. Our new culture, our new ways are that we tell people violence is not the answer. Violence may not be the answer, but I'm very good at it, so I consider it an option. Chris does acknowledge that playing the good guy has its risks. He brings up an example of a Chicago security guard. Bouncer just so happened to be a young black male. The bouncer tackled a guy who shot up a bar. He got control of the gun and was holding down the bad guy. The cop came in and shot him. The police killed the bouncer, not the gunman. And this is a real fear for armed teachers. What if the police come and think they are the shooter? As good people, as cops, we're, we're expected to err on the side of caution. And now you guys, as cops of the schools, you're expected to use a little bit of caution. Chris keeps clicking through the slideshow. On every slide, it says Faster's slogan, time is all that matters. Chris is describing mass shootings from the past 50 years. UT Austin, Columbine, Virginia Tech. He keeps coming back to a similarity. Police didn't arrive until most of the shooting was over. There's a lot of people that think, well, the fire department will be here soon. Well, the cops will be here. Cops, tell me, if you've been around long enough, you know that our job, we're lucky. Sometimes we stop stuff before it happens. But for the most part, we arrive, we contain, and we document. Because it's already over. I look around the classroom. Some of the people here are cops. And I wonder if they're offended by what Chris is saying, that they're usually too late to stop a tragedy. But one guy is nodding. And I've heard this a lot from school boards, from teachers and parents, about why they need more trained and armed people in schools. Exactly because of this. Because cops can't be everywhere at once. At first, I didn't get it. Like, why would police admit their own limitations so openly? But here, in Chris's class, it clicks. This movement of armed civilians, it's not a threat to policing. It expands it. So you certainly don't need permission to fight for your life or the lives of others. You do not need permission to pull the trigger. In America, there's always been multiple tiers of police, from the informal and unofficial to the uniformed and state-funded. There's been slave patrols and militias and neighborhood watch groups. So some Americans, often white Americans, they've always been allowed to play cop. If you're lucky enough to survive the initial encounter, have what it takes to end it. We'll be back after this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, back to Jen Kinney and this training for armed teachers. I feel, you know, like a kind of a fish out of water here because we're from a very small community and there's a lot of people here. And there's a lot of- After Chris's lesson, the guns come out. Now, you may know how to fire a gun, but as we move from the classroom to the range, this is all super new for Angie. And there's a lot of, of pressure. There is. And I feel like, you know. It's new for me, too. I'd fired a gun before, but I didn't know anything about technique. And there's a lot to learn. We didn't have any problems the last two classes. We almost always have somebody in a class that is so unsafe that none of us can concentrate. Please be mindful of what you're doing with your guns. fundamentals and there's three basic ideas. There's gear manipulation, how to work with a holster, how to fill a magazine with bullets. We have to be able to get our our gun out of our holster. There's weapon manipulation, though Chris says he doesn't like to use the word weapon. That's things like how you grip the gun firmly. Recoil management starts at the grip. So it doesn't recoil too much when you fire it. And there's marksmanship how to aim and hit the target. Basically, it comes down to when all else fails, align the sights and press the trigger. Align the sights and press the trigger. I I don't understand sometimes why this is, as simple as it sounds, I sit here and everybody looks at me like I got a dick growing out of my forehead. Like, whoa, what are we talking, why are we talking about this stuff? Why is it so, it's remedial. While Angie practices, I go back to the classroom, where I overhear Jim Irvine, who at the time was the head of Buckeye Firearms, talking to a reporter on the phone. Jim is railing against a new gun control bill proposed in Ohio. So it's out-of-state New York money coming in here trying to trick Ohio voters. We head to a muddy parking lot down the street, away from the sound of gunshots. Jim's an unlikely founder for a firearm training program. He's never been a cop, never been a security guard, he's never been a teacher. He works as a commercial airline pilot. So I joke with people usually in introductions, their career and mine are very similar. We both started our career never thinking people in our job would carry guns. That was for somebody else. We made it easy for them to kill our passengers. Shame on us. And our schools have done the same thing. We've made it easy for someone to kill our kids. So this is the history of the faster training, as it was told to me by Jim. Buckeye has long had concealed carry classes. After Sandy Hook, Buckeye put out a call for a new training, just for teachers. We said we're going to train 24 people that we would pay for everything. The first class we paid for food and ammunition, the training, the hotels, everything. And what we learned was almost 1,000 people signed up in the first three weeks. Jim says calls started coming in from schools, superintendents, teachers. Then the media starts showing up. And reporters like me want to know what this class is called. And Faster is Born. When we started the program, we recommended to districts, keep it quiet. You can't unring the bell. 
Once it's out, you can never take it back. Since 2013, Buckeye says they've trained 3,000 staff members from 260 school districts in 18 states. We're in year seven now, and uh, at this point, I know we have trained more people than anyone else. But Jim can't tell me where those teachers work or what they did after the training, because FASTER intentionally doesn't keep track of them. Jim has a logic for this. If there was a list of which schools were armed, then the unprotected schools would become targets. We get asked by the media all the time, what's the numbers? And we intentionally didn't have them. And that certainly looks skeptical by anyone else looking at our program. Jim's right. I am skeptical. Because this is also pretty convenient, right? If we don't know how many schools are actually arming teachers, we don't know how popular arming teachers is. We don't know how popular FASTER is. We don't know if shootings have happened in schools where teachers trained by FASTER are carrying. Our school staff aren't cops. They don't want to be cops. And they're not doing the cop's job. Jim says teachers should be trained, but not too much. They're a teacher or a principal or a maintenance person. They're in a school. And they're not doing a law enforcement function. All they're doing is stopping the killing. After a few free classes, Buckeye started charging school districts, or teachers could pay out of pocket, around $1,500 for the class and lodging. Buckeye made around $100,000 on these faster trainings in 2018. That was about a quarter of their revenue. And Buckeye gets grants from the state. The state of Ohio has given Buckeye at least $400,000 over the years to help teachers pay for this class. But the Ohio Department of Education also doesn't track what these teachers do once they leave faster. They are willing to die for our kids. How dare we tell someone who is willing to lay down their own life, you're not allowed to have the tools to live instead. I compare the firearm kind of like to the AED. It rarely gets used. How often are our kids having heart attacks in schools? But just once is too many. It's the same thing with an EpiPen. It's the same thing if you have a pool and a kid drowns. But doesn't but it strike what, you that there's a difference between an EpiPen and an AED in the sense that they will not kill you, probably. They can. If they're misused. They can. Um, but they're much less likely to kill you. I mean, when you, if you pull out a gun to respond to a school shooting scenario, it is because that gun can kill someone. If you pull out an EpiPen in an allergy scenario, it's because it can save that person's life. I guess I'm saying, you know, doesn't it seem like there, there is more risk involved in one of those tools than the others that you've mentioned. There's different risk, and so we need some different training. That is the power of the gun. It's, it's, we, we call it a peace. Why? Because it brings peace. It brings tranquility. These scenarios we're talking about are ones in which people are coming into schools with guns to kill people. Yes. They are not using it for peace in no. that scenario. Correct. But what, we're, what, we're, what we are training is the other side of that. We're training the people to stop them. It's the end of the second day of Angie's training. How are you feeling after that exercise? And I go back to the shooting range to say goodbye to her. A bunch of the students are going drinking after class, but she's not. I'm sleeping tonight. I am exhausted. I am absolutely exhausted.
Pardon the interruption. The police are having a training session today in the 2500 and 1500 hallways. You might hear some gunshots, screams, nothing to be alarmed about. It's all just a safety measure and a drill with them. It's day three, the last day. We are in an actual high school. Summer school is happening somewhere down the hall, and this announcement is supposed to reassure any students who might hear gunshots. Chris and Andrew are preparing the teachers to role play with airsoft guns. They can knock out an eye, they can definitely hurt your eye, and they can probably chip a tooth. Angie is in the classroom as Chris lays out the rules. Some people will play victim, some will play bystander, and one by one they'll take turns playing the armed teacher, the good guy. Number one, the good guy never dies in any scenario. I don't care how many times you get hit. I don't care where you get hit. And the good guy never dies. You guys will be in my group. Everybody else go with Chris. So step right over here if you're in my group. First drill. Angie has to zigzag down a long hallway lined with lockers and classroom doors, checking for threats without exposing herself. Well, ready? Go for it. There you go. Angie starts creeping down the hallway, shoulders tense, arms extended, gun drawn. Now stop. Look where your muzzle's pointing. It's almost down here. Yep. There you go. Because this is our immediate danger area. She's cutting these wide arcs from doorway to doorway. Keep moving. Keep moving. How, how did that feel for you? It felt natural. Being in the classroom, this is where I live, if you will. I feel like I do that kind of a thing on a daily basis, even if there's not a threat and I'm not carrying a gun. But I'm always checking, always perceptive, looking in the corners. Does it feel any different having a gun in your hand doing it? No, I I feel comfortable with that. Then Chris sets up a series of scenarios. First, a student is holding another student hostage in a classroom. Angie is told to play a victim, lying in the hall. Angie, let's have you here on the ground. Am I alive? No. Okay. Later, Angie tells me that while she was lying there, listening to gunshots, it was hard to tell where they were coming from because they echoed down the empty hallway. Angie teaches acoustics in her fifth grade science class, and it made her think of her students. The scenarios go on. I'm about to splatter your brain going over that pretty little white wall back here. And honestly, some of them are really twisted, like a teacher sleeping with a student and an angry parent coming in to confront the teacher with a gun. Who the fuck do you think you are, you what? sick son of a bitch? What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did too. You, you know exactly what? what you did. No, no, yeah, I didn't what? do anything. Guess what, dumbass? She's pregnant. What? No. In another, Angie follows a trail of dead bodies until she finds the gunman, a student, about to commit suicide. She hesitates, but then she shoots him. That's what I wondered about, talking him off the ledge, if, if there was any way. But then I look and everybody's dead and he's got the gun to his head. And it's like, and what's it's the best choice the right now? That's the the compassionate person in the back of your head. And we have to break that barrier and say, sometimes I have to. Thou shalt not kill. It's actually thou shalt not murder, right? You're not murdering. You're saving lives. In another, Angie runs toward the sound of gunshots, just like she's supposed to, into a Spanish classroom. There's a student holding a gun and another dead on the floor under a poster that says, Te quiero hoy más que ayer, pero no tanto como mañana. I love you more today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. What's going on? What's going on in here? Uh, uh, Angela just killed herself. Angela just shot herself. 
Angie decides not to shoot. And it turns out that's the right decision. The student on the floor had committed suicide and a classmate had picked up the gun. He wasn't holding the gun in a threatening way towards her, and none of you seemed scared or endangered. So I could just sense from your guys' body, your your reactions, that it was was already done. From the mouths of babes, that was perfect. Last scenario. This time, Angie's playing a student sitting in a classroom, and she's listening as Andrew gives some advice. He's telling everyone that if someone comes into their classroom threatening and waving a gun, why give a verbal command? They don't have to give a warning. They don't have to scream stop or drop the weapon. Legally, if they feel threatened, they're allowed to shoot first. Are you in fear for your life? Are you in fear for other people's lives and safety? Andrew gives an example of a time when a police officer shot first and shot a child. The killing of Tamir Rice. Sticking up for them, um, I, I feel terrible for them. And I don't know what I would do in that instance, but with Tamir Rice, man, on the surface, they are right. Tamir was in sixth grade when he was shot and killed by police officers in a park in Cleveland, less than two hours from here, for holding a toy gun. And Andrew tells his students, mistakes happen. He doesn't fault those officers. They did what they had to do. They were in fear for their life. They were just going off of what they've usually done. They reacted off of training experience. It just backfired on them in that instance. Andrew doesn't mention that the cops were white and Tamir Rice was a black child. Andrew doesn't think that race had anything to do with it. But this is the second time that a black person's death at the hands of police has come up at Faster, both times framed as a regrettable mistake. We have to look at it from the officer's shoes. They didn't want to do that. Andrew reminds his students that the officers were never charged with Tamir's killing. I'd be very hard-pressed to think of any different that, that they would look at that and say, man, if I had to do it over again, I'd do it different. That's the end of Angie's training. The only thing left is the final marksmanship test. The bullseyes on the shooting range have been replaced with silhouettes. The forms are based on Chris's body. Everyone will have to shoot 28 times, from varying distances, with both hands, standing still, and then walking. They need to hit the target's groin, chest, and head. To pass, they need to hit the target at least 26 out of 28 times. Isn't that easy? And we're going to shoot it just like we did yesterday. Because it's fun. And I'm going to try to make it fun. So if you find your name up there, cover down. It's Angie's turn. She shoots. Her bullets scatter shot across the target. She misses the target completely three times. I got some out. I didn't, his head was so close. Shoot just like a cop right now. A little bit more training, you'll be like a there teacher. There we go. By faster standard, Angie fails. But she says she's going to keep practicing. And when she gets home, she's going to buy her first gun. The light came on for me today. Like, that's why yeah, I have to know all these shots. Yeah, better today. It was. Yeah. I don't... And with a little more training, you're going to yeah. be fantastic. 
That's where I pull the pin on people that... If they don't know what to do with those room full of they kids. Can't, if they can't handle the yeah. tactics. Oh. They I, did a good job today. That's that's my life. That's that's my passion. That's right. classroom. So. Thank you. Thank you. Carry on. Even though she failed, Angie still seems so peppy. I ask her about it, and she explains that her school doesn't follow Faster's standard. By her school standards... Angie shot well enough to join the team of armed staff. Yeah, our school, if they want us to do it, no matter what we get on this, we'll do it. A few months later, Angie texts me. She's done another training, this one for Ohio police officers. She started carrying a gun in her classroom in January. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We're back. So, Jen, we've spent this episode and the last one focused specifically on Ohio, but you said the teachers and other school staff can be armed in 24 states? Yeah. So FASTER also trains teachers in Indiana and Colorado, and they've done one training in Utah. And then there's other states like Texas, where there's a training requirement and a formal program for schools to arm their staff. And then there's Florida, where after Parkland, the state government made this new law. Every public school in the state of Florida must have an armed person on campus from starting bell to dismissal bell every day. That's next time on Vice News Reports. We continue to have these school shootings and the outcome's the very same because no one is on the campus with a firearm to protect our children. Everything seems driven by a place of all of us should assume at any moment somebody might try to kill us. From the time we came in the gate this morning, you've had at least three people that have walked by you carrying weapons. And I never would have known? Never would have known. Special thanks to Tess Owen, Chris Siegel, Kevin McQuarrie, and to WHYY in Philadelphia, where a version of this story first aired. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek, Sam Greenspan, and Stephanie Kariuki. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producer is Adiza Egan, and the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Katherine Barner. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zimros. If you could take the time to rate and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be really great because it really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. <laughs>